As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You'll be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do the little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Jordan, I know we've got a lot to talk about. Yes, and before we get into it, I do want to say, I'm happy to share that this podcast is brought to you, and you, and you, and you, by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at DirecTV. Dot com. What were you saying, Rich? A lot of people will be watching DirecTV on Sunday when the Rams open their season against the Chicago Bears. Look at that segue. King of segues right there. We're going to talk about that. I know we want to preview the game. We want to talk about this great story that you've just published on The <gasps> Athletic. But first, the biggest news just... Mere hours ago, as we record, <laughs> the Rams released their uniforms. Schedule. Big day for Rich Hammond on Planet yes. Hammond. But as as much as we joke about this, Jordan, I I'm, I don't know how many questions I got on Twitter based on the graphic that the Rams sent out because they did a very nice graphic where they showed the three uh, uniforms, the Bone, the Royal, and the Modern Throwback, and listed the dates that each of them will be worn. Um, there was much rejoicing in Ramsland when it appeared that there will not be any blue on blue uniforms this season. However, there are five games in which the Rams are scheduled to wear the blue topped jerseys. That does not preclude them, Jordan, from wearing different color Pants. Yes, and that's what I think I'm nervous about because those are a stinker, right? Yes. But I think, I think, and I don't know what their contract looks like for these uniforms. I do know that you have to wear X color X times. Like they plan it out and the sponsorship structure is based on some of this um, in terms of that plus the gear that you wear with it. Um, That's like very, you know, delicate, right? But I think, I think, so as you'll remember, we've discussed, they got all the blue on blue out of the way in the preseason. To me, I wonder if that was sort of filling a quota. You know what I mean? Because nobody wanted to wear them. I mean, I assume nobody wanted those, right? They are losing uniforms. If if players are losing in these uniforms, they do not want to wear them. So I wonder if it was part contractual fulfillment and part you know, for as smart and technologically advanced as this team is, part of that superstition kind of weighing in a little bit as well, which we know oh, yeah. we will never get away from in this beautiful, stupid game that we all love. Yes, yes. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, the 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 modern throwbacks, which are the ones that were just introduced this 
past summer, the ones that'll be worn on uh, Sunday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. Very excited about that. And then, uh, yeah, they, they go through the rest of the. Those are going to be worn three times, all in, in kind of the big games, the Sunday night game against the Titans and uh, the Monday night game against the 49ers. And then there's there's a lot of uh, bone color, or as uh, some people who don't like them call them dirty water um, color, but uh, the, so I think there'll be some mixing and matching there. But I, I'd be surprised if we see any uh, any blue on blue. But uh, very exciting, very exciting news to uh, to start off our our podcast with. But Jordan, you have on the athletic app and website as we speak fifty percent off for new subscribers. Yes. So <laughs> for those of you who have been on the fence, uh, this is. Uh, you know, I don't want to oversell things. It's always dangerous, but but this is as good of a story um, as you're going to read. And Jordan, I, I want to hand it over to you, but I know how much time you put into this story, and I, I want you to certainly tell it in, in your own words, but it is certainly a, a story that goes back, you know, years uh, to, to the hiring of Sean McVay and the evolution of Sean McVay the evolution of his offense, the evolution of the Rams defense. So I, I know you've spent so much time working on this. So uh, tell folks, you know, if, if they haven't, if they didn't already start their Thursday morning by reading the story, uh, tell them what they can expect from from this piece. Well, I appreciate you kind of team me up for Rich. You guys all need to find you a friend like Rich Hammond, to be honest. Like <laughs> nobody, Rich talked me off the ledge. I just want everyone to know this. I, I don't care if it makes me look like a total train wreck. Like Rich talked me off the ledge for almost two hours the other night because I have spent the last eight months on a story that conceptually the seeds of this story were planted over a year ago. And especially for the last eight months, and you guys will remember from previous podcasts, my trips to the quarterback collective first in Indianapolis and then in Oceanside, California, um, and some of my smaller yet still meaningful, and I was happy about them and proud of them, features that sort of were the roadmap to what this ultimately is. And I'm not going to give too much away of it, but I will tell you that it has been, especially for the last about, I would I would say uh, about four, three, four, five months, has been um, my singular obsession. Um, it has been to the point where I kind of now can laugh at myself for just being so um, every sentence, every line, like so obsessed with all of it. And so Rich, being the great friend that he is, uh, talked to me off the ledge the other night because I was like, what if people don't like it? <laughs> and I know that makes me sound like a total mess, but sometimes we all are kind of a mess sometimes, right? But um, oh, yeah. having a friend like Rich who also has his share of major projects that he's released and knows what this feeling is. Um, this is the biggest story I've ever written. I mean, I've written stories that I've loved. I've written stories that I will cherish forever. I've, I've met people through that course that I'll cherish forever. This story is the biggest story I've ever written in terms of scope and scale. And so um, I'm really happy to get it out of my uh, my bones, basically, which is a really, really good feeling. Um, but I also am like deathly afraid that you guys maybe won't like it. So I, I think right now, as we record this, we just scheduled it to post. And if you're listening to this, uh, go please go read it and then continue to press play on this podcast. Um, I won't spoil I won't spoil much of it, but um, I will say that um, to me, the way that I view a lot of what happens in the NFL, um, I sort of almost view it in in terms of the way that these coaching trees take structure and shape. Um, and cross-pollinate with each other. I view it as very biological, right? And I think that in nature, you have things, predators that challenge other predators or evolutions that happen between prey and predator. And so I think that this, that was somewhat the inspiration of this story because um, last year when Sean McVay hired Brandon Staley, um, he did so because he coveted the Vic Fangio brewed poison that killed him twice. Um, and then that teams knew would do it again and again and again. And you tried to use some thematic elements of it against him again and again and again. And he could not get away from it. And so what he decided to do uh, was hire a person who would introduce that into his own building 
um, so that he could face it every single day instead of once or twice a year via opponent and learn from it that way. If you have it, it's like um, in The Princess Bride when this is my tortured metaphor of the week. If Elister is listening, uh, he loves my tortured metaphor of the week. Um, I, uh, it's like in The Princess Bride when Wesley, um, who we think at the time is still the dread pirate Roberts, um, has built up an immunity to this poison that kills people. It's odorless, uh, tasteless, builds up an immunity to it over a long period of time. And to me, and through the course of the story, as you will see, um, introducing a catalytic factor such as that defensive system and then also the pollination that Staley was able to build off of it uh, via the Nick Saban Cover 7 concepts that he also um, sort of uh, blended with a lot of that Vic Fangio um, scheme and philosophy, um, built something very, very effective against Sean McVay's offense and the way that Sean himself has evolved his offense over the last several years since he was in Washington. It so happened that these two completely and perfectly were at odds with each other. And it also just so happened that they had to call a live training camp, basically, throughout much of camp because they only had two weeks of in-person work before the season started because COVID-19 shut the building down for the entire spring. So it just so happened that all of these factors together in one sort of little Petri dish up in Thousand Oaks, California, hidden away from everybody in the world. Nobody's there's maybe five people um, outside of those two teams, outside of the offense and the defense who saw that, who like were able to watch this unfold, um, were introduced to the right elements and the right variables. And it became a catalyst, right? It didn't just become okay, we've got our defense installed. It became a catalyst with sort of um, reverberations that continue to flow and vibrate through what we're seeing happen throughout the league now, not the least of which include Matthew Stafford becoming the Rams' new quarterback and Sean McVay deciding to move on from Jared Goff, and the story will get into that, Um, but also Brandon Staley becoming a head coach and teams trying to replicate what it was the Rams did during those two weeks um, last year. So um, I really hope you guys like it. If you don't like it, please don't tell me because it might kill me. So. <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> remarkably deep story that, that go, it, there's no, I mean, we could talk for two hours um, about all the, the, the angles that this takes. But just, and I don't want to give away too much of it either, but Jordan, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read one of the Brandon Staley quotes in here that I think um, really encapsulates a a lot of what you're you're saying. And uh, I'll just read it. This This is Brandon Staley's words here. It says, I think what was significant about how it unfolded was that Sean was a really, was really a huge part in the planning process. He allowed our defense to get off the ground, made sure that we had rules of engagement and intentionally installed this where both sides were benefiting. It was year four of his offense, but he made sure that he wasn't going too fast too soon where our defense would kind of be a sacrificial lamb. We helped them. They helped us. A lot of the things that he had trouble with, they were able to see every day in practice and work on and have a plan for. It was super competitive, but in all of the right ways. And there's so many layers to that as as you get into uh, Jordan in, in your story. And um, it, it's, a, it's a great way to kick off the season. Um, and it says a lot about why uh, the Rams offense has evolved the, the way that it did and says a lot about why Brandon Staley is a head coach in the NFL right now with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so go ahead and give that a read. As Jordan said, 50% off if you're not already uh, a subscriber for some reason. I guarantee you, whatever that works out to per year, it'll be worth it uh, to, to read this uh, story. So congratulations, Jordan, on... on uh, Birthing send- a child? Yeah, Yeah, thanks. I know. That, <laughs> I feel like I should send you balloons or something yeah, to, uh, to so commemorate this. Just this, as so. painful. I ran into Chris Shula today at the facilities, and he he's uh, quoted in the story a couple of times. And uh, he was like, when, when's that thing coming out? And I was like, eye twitching the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, tomorrow. And he's like, oh, really? And I was like, I can't talk about it right now. 
<laughs> yeah. I've been a mess. I, I've That's been a mess, sad. guys. Like a total and complete. I, I'm not kidding. I think it's okay to be a mess sometimes. Like I think it's okay oh, when yeah. we admit it and when we talk about the things that we throw ourselves into for no other reason than I really believe in this story. And it's something that got into my bones. Um, you know, a, what it got into my bones when I stood behind the Rams secondary and I remember calling Rich and I was like, Rich, I have covered the NFL for the last four years. The concepts I'm watching at practice, I have not seen in the NFL. And of course, it's right. because they were running the two high shells that rotated post-snap. That is a collegiate concept. Yes, Vic Fangio runs that. Yes, you will see that happen more and more throughout the, the, uh, the league as it progresses. And the story illustrates what teams are already doing to introduce those things more into their, into their defense. Um, but I, I had not been watching college football. When you cover the NFL, you barely can watch any college football at all. This is true. And yeah. and so I, I hadn't been watching college football. And so when I stood behind that secondary and watched them take the ball away that first week, like just wax the offense. And I sent out a tweet that week and I was like, I think this defense is going to be really special. And a bunch of you people who <laughs> I remember every single one of you, but I will never, ever say anything. And it's Jordan all in, has a list. Jordan has a list. It's all in good fun and it's all good natured. <laughs> but a bunch of you said that I was full of shit. So, um, but, you know, it's it, but it was just that's not even the point. The point is, is like it got into my bones, like just that that thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night. And I, I counted up the emails I've sent to myself with lines in the story and things that I need to make sure to include in the story. It's like 287 emails in the last eight months that I've sent to myself. Um, and at all hours, just jolting awake, like I have to make sure I talk to this person. Um, you know, two dozen interviews um, on or off the record and, and you know, two weekends embedded with a lot of these offensive and defensive coordinators at these camp incubator like settings. And, and it just like the process of it, it's what this job is supposed to be. Right. It's getting, getting embedded and getting something like that just so deep in your bones that it's like, it's, it's, it becomes at a certain point, like why you're getting up in the morning. Like I have to tell this story. It's in a, it's going to be a footnote. Right. In in a week, it won't matter. But it's to me like it just I cannot explain how it just like it, it just I literally felt like I just had like one of those little miniature like single flame like kerosene lamps just inside my body the entire time trying to to get this story out. And it took forever because it's complicated. There's a lot of complicated things in it, um, things that I'm so grateful for people coordinators and coaches and um, people who are analysts and people who Cody Alexander shout out to him. He does match quarters. He does an amazing job um, helped me talk through some of these concepts because um, this entire last year, we all were learning this defense at the same time. Um, So that part was fascinating as well. So um, we're definitely going to get to Rams bears, although it is timely because Sean Desai is going to be running a lot of the same things. So this is very timely that uh, this is out because um, it's really, really important that, uh, you know, we start to watch these trends and Sean Desai is like a brilliant defensive coordinator. So he's going to be running a lot of these, these things as well. Um, and, and so we'll get, we'll obviously get to the Rams bears and so excited for this Sunday night football situation. Um, but I, I am really hopeful that you guys like it. Um, I, am really, uh, it's just, I, I'm more relieved than anything else at this current moment that it's, it, right before we jumped on this podcast, it was scheduled and went through its final series of edits and all that. And, um, and now we can, now we can move on with our lives. Now I have, uh. Now I have nothing in my life but Tucker to keep me sustained. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Everything's yeah, ephemeral. Yeah, Every, everything efe- everything's ephemeral and one day I will be dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, again, I'll, 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 the story is very timely. Um, obviously, like you said, with the, the Rams playing the Chicago Bears and, um, you know, Sean Desai being a you know, a, a disciple, I guess that's kind of, I always think that's kind of a weird word, but a, a student uh, of Vic Fangio and, and that being the, the defense that uh, was, was initially the one that, that started to give Sean McVay problems uh, back in, in the day. And I think the one thing that this 
uh, story speaks a lot to, at least for me, one of my big takeaways was, you know, why why Jared Goff is no longer the Rams quarterback anymore. And like I said, we won't, we're going to spill the, the details of that story because even though the subscription is 50% off, we still do want that. Uh, we still do want that money. Uh, so I, I can, get, but it's, it's really fascinating to, to see uh, kind of how that played out and kind of to see what Sean McVay's thought process was. Uh, we know what a, what a self-evaluator he is and how much time he spends analyzing himself and analyzing his own offense and his own players and things like that. So really uh, how this all comes together, uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And here we are week one with Matthew Stafford at quarterback um, against the Chicago Bears facing a defense. Uh, that like all defenses, everybody adds their own wrinkle. So it's not, you know, I'm sure Sean Desai comes in with certain things that he's going to do a little bit differently, but this is traditionally a defense that has given the Rams a little bit of trouble. So it would be, uh, be really fascinating to see uh, how that goes. Jordan uh, Vegas and the, you know, the, the online betting sites, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty clear about who's going to win this game. The Rams are about 7.5 favorites, uh, as, as we record, which as we talked about last week, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge number. So, uh, in, in general, uh, what do you think? I mean, is that, uh, is that the kind of game you want to start with? If you're the Rams, one where everybody in the world is pretty much expecting you uh, to win this game, uh, would you? Would you? If, you, if you're Sean McVay, would you rather have a bigger challenge, or are you happy uh, to to see a team like Chicago uh, coming in on Sunday? I think it's kind of the perfect challenge for if we're really thinking that Sean McVay's learned from the last two years. Um, I think it's the perfect challenge for him because Sean Desai. The, the way that I hear him described is like, um, you know, the last couple of years, they were sort of running like Fangio light defense, you know, like right. some of the stuff was was true and some of it was just not. It, it's very specific, some of the elements and concepts and how they blend together. But I think Sean Desai is so brilliant in terms of the tendencies and in terms of um, marrying together some of those concepts that not just maximize the player ability, but also um, some of these things that that do give McVay trouble and do give any any Shanahan system offense trouble. So for me, this is such a great first game because it's really a um did I learn what I thought I learned? Um did I and and like I don't think it's going to be perfect. I think we and we could go on a, a whole new show on this rich, but there is the Matthew Stafford Sean McVay hype is like out of control. Like it's out of control. And right. I I think it's Look, I see them every single day, right? And I think that they it's they work so well together. They are constantly communicating. They are constantly troubleshooting each other. They are honest with each other. These are all things that are important. <laughs> but I I think it's going to be messy in part still. I think that's the reality of this. You have this is a hard offense to learn. They say that it's, you know, makes quarterbacks and it's it's all this stuff. That's like sort of the typical phrase, but the quarterback's got to learn the damn thing first. Yeah. And it's it's tough. It's got so many rules and and they're blending some different things in too with players um, that Matthew Stafford prototypically liked to do um, in previous iterations. And a lot of things that they didn't do last year will be either back or reintroduced in a some sort of form of evolution or some form of uh, some fashion like the way that they throw the ball downfield, for example. Um, I think they're going to be spread out wider a lot of times, which you did not see last year. You saw so much small ball last year. And then um, I think that that they, I still don't know what the run game is going to look like consistently. I think, I, I think they have a good hope for it. I think if the plan holds true, I think that it's a good plan, which is to run Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle and complement to each other. Don't know if that's going to work either because – the health it's predicated on health. So for me, it's almost like you have all of the elements you need. I need to, I need to see you, how you put them together and particularly how you put them together against probably one of the more adverse defenses that you will face. Not necessarily. I know that, you know, there's attrition and, and whatnot and personnel leave and stay and whatever, but you know, there's some injuries I think on that side too, but, but like, this is schematically a really hard defense to go against still. Yeah. So yeah. I think that this is, this is, I, I don't, I, you know, I think the Rams are going to win, 
Um, I don't know if the, the line or I don't even know if I'm saying right, the spread or the line or whatever. I don't know if it'll be, um, you know, that dominant at the end of it. I don't think that the Bears offense will score a lot of points either. Um, but at the same time, like, I I think that this is like, um, this is that game that, that, you know, all right, you, you talked all this game about how you improved everything and you evolved and you learned from this and you learned from that. Okay, now you show me. Like, what do you what are you gonna actually do? And I think it could be I think it could be a little bit messy at first in parts. And and Matthew Stafford's been trying things and stacking blocks together. And um, wrote a little bit about that last week as well. Like, and trying to make mistakes so he can learn from them and and all of that. And so um, I think that you're still gonna be learning through the first couple of weeks, particularly with this offense. But starting against this defense, I don't. I mean, it's gonna be hard. But I don't think you want anyone else. People are going to be installing this against the Rams all year, hoping that it right. still works against them, right? right. So right. they're hoping, and and so the Rams are like, well, if we go out and kick the crap out of this defense, which would be their best case scenario, teams can't run it against them anymore. Well, then now what are you going to do? So that's probably yeah. their best case scenario. Either way, it's a great measuring stick, in my opinion, whether whether they are dominant against them or whether they're just you know okay with a couple of things here and there. Yeah. So, yeah, Jordan, I mean, this defense, I mean, the the, the big names, you know, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks is there. So you, you know what you're dealing with, certainly with that with that front seven. Um, old old friend Alec Ogletree, old friend Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, yeah. Although he's got mix. a little bit of a back back thing going on, I think, right now. He, yeah, poor I doubt- guy. It's had that for like... <laughs> 24 years. I don't even know how old he is, but he, I think he developed it when he was about five years old. And I say that as somebody who has periodic back problems too. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, but Robert's uh, two, two great guys, by the way. I mean, any, any longtime Rams fans, I remember when the, when the team came here in 2016, those were two of the first guys I, I think who I talked to when we were at the, uh, out there in a the beautiful Oxnard. Uh, and um, two, two really, really good guys. Uh, great to see, you know, Alec Ogletree, um, you know, in, in a starting lineup there. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, the secondary is a little bit, a little bit younger, but uh, Sean Desai, you know, being a, a secondary guy himself, I'm sure is, is putting a lot of emphasis uh, on those guys. So yeah, great, uh, great matchup. Are, are we expecting a lower scoring game because of all this, Jordan? I mean, last year was 24 to 10 and, you know, again, a lot of different personnel, a lot of different coaching, but uh, because of all of that, I mean, is, is this a situation where and I, I could, the way I'm thinking, Jordan, like maybe maybe close at halftime. I mean, maybe it's it's a low scoring, you know, 14, 7, 14 to 10 at halftime. And, and then uh, the Rams maybe maybe add on a couple more in the second half. I, I don't know. It's I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. Uh, I would caution Rams fans against panicking yeah. if if things aren't uh, if they're not blowing out the Bears in the first half. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to put it. I think that's a fair score, honestly. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think this is going to be a perfect game on the Rams side by any shot or any stretch of the imagination. And I just, you know, if I'm pessimistic now, I don't think I'm being pessimistic. I think I'm being a realist, and I'm normally an optimist, as you guys listening all know. So I just think that. If I'm like slightly more on the pessimistic side now, um, you know, you guys will all be happy because everybody's they've exceeded my expectations. Right. But at the same time, there are so many questions that I have. Right. I have questions about the offensive line. I have questions about Brian Allen. Um, uh, I have questions about the run game, like I mentioned, Um working in all of these different receivers and setting up those complementary layers offensively. Um, and, you know, the Rams aren't going to show everything that they're wanting to do or even close to it. They won't even probably share 10% of what they actually are capable right. of doing, 15% of that playbook, because you you need to make sure that you're setting things up game after game. Um, but, you know, this, the core of it, like you want to see them getting the, pushing the ball downfield you want to see the offensive line ha- at least handling itself respectably. And you want to see them actually make an impact in the red zone, which they absolutely were terrible in last year. So I think if you can just check off these small boxes right now, I think when you look at eight games in, seven games in, that's when you really want to start seeing Matthew Stafford with that comfort and clicking and really just slinging it around. 
Right now, though, you just want to check off these little boxes. You want to set those established standards in these little spaces, um, the run game, the rhythm, how it sets up the pass, the predication of the play action. Um, you know, I'd like to see a little more play action out of shotgun. If you read the story, you will know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just different different things like that, right? And, um, you know, stretching the ball downfield when you can. Um, guys staying healthy. These are the, the small boxes. I mean, I don't think it will take any major, massive, inspirational overhaul game plan to win this game, essentially. You need to do some of these things absolutely correctly. However, that's kind of where I'm at with it. The other thing, just in, in kind of reading up a little about uh, this Bears team, just this defense in particular, is they're putting an emphasis on turnovers. And that was something they were really good at in previous years. Last year, not so much. They were 25th in, in takeaways. So uh, that'll be something to watch, both with Matthew Stafford and with the running backs. Uh, ball control, making sure uh, you, know, you, you have a couple turnovers in the first half and that game starts to get away from you. And that's when things get a little scary. Uh, in in the second half, so I'm sure there'll be uh, you know an emphasis there on on taking care of the ball, making sure you're putting it in good spots, uh, things like that. So certainly a, a compelling matchup there. But again, Jordan, you you never know. You never know how things are going to start. These team covered this ground, you know, for years going back. Now some teams choose to play their uh, starters in the preseason uh, just to get a little bit of a you know a, a test run. The Rams chose not to do that. You did not see an offensive starter uh, playing. I, unless I'm uh, incorrect on that, I don't think we saw any offensive starters at all, even on the uh, on the offensive line. So these guys are going in cold other than training camp practices and some of these joint practices where you do get some, you know, pretty good live work, but it's, it's not the same. It's certainly not the same. So this is the first time. This is it. You're going out there on opening night uh, under the big lights uh, for, for the first time. So uh, fascinated to, to see how that goes. The Bears were 8-8 eight and eight last season. I don't think the expectations are a whole lot higher than, than that for, for them this year. But uh, it's a big year. It's a big year for, uh, for, for, for Matt Nagy, for, for uh, Ryan Pace, the, the GM. Uh, they, can't, you know, they can't take a step back. That's, that's for sure. Matt Nagy going back to calling plays, which is something he's he's gone back and forth a, a little bit on. And Jordan, I I don't know. I I, I think they the, the Bears are um a little bit they're having some problems at left tackle. Uh, and uh, the the guy they drafted in the in the second round, Tevin Jenkins, is now out. He's not able to play. I, I would. This is one of those. I I think I might like tweet at Elias Sports Bureau or something. <laughs> We very well, depending on what the Bears do, we very well could have a game with two 39-year-old left tackles. I know. In, in Andrew Whitworth and Jason Peters. I don't know whether that's ever happened before. Have we ever had an NFL game with a, a combined left tackle age of, of 78 years old? I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
But how about on the other side of the ball? What 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 are you looking at here uh, with the, with that Rams defense? Is there, is there anything about this <laughs> about this Bears offense led by Andy Dalton that that causes you uh, any particular concern? You know, uh, it doesn't inspire much fear. Um, but I will say, I think that Rams are smart for a couple of of things. Um, you know, and I don't I don't dislike Andy Dalton. Like, you know. I think people crap on him sometimes, which, you know, it is what it is, but, but that's like, he's your bridge quarterback. Okay. You know, he's not your, he's not your future. So, you know, he's, it's all right, Andy, you just hang in there, man. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry about Aaron Donald, but (laughs) 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 sorry about that dude. But uh, yeah, my sympathies. But um, so I think the Rams are smart because, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the reasons why they've kept Bryce Perkins active um, or on the 53 in terms of the waiver claims and, and all of that. Well, it's also an advantage, I think, when the Rams, they are very certain that, um, you know, even though Matt Nagy has been saying it's Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. And and by the way, I do appreciate the approach of not playing a, a young quarterback before he's ready. Um and I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I really, really uh, liked his tape out of Ohio State. Um, I thought the Panthers should should have drafted him um, yeah. back. This was back uh, when I was kind of still keeping one eye on things over there. And I think, um, you know, it, it's I think a couple of teams maybe when it's all said and done, will will maybe imagine that they should have drafted him. But I think um, part of it with with what the Rams are doing is um, not necessarily believing it fully that Andy Dalton will play every single snap of that game. Hmm. Um, I think that if you're looking maybe for some change of pace packages or maybe some design run packages, things like that, um, you don't, you don't rule that out. Um, but you don't, you don't commit too hard to it either. So I think having a, a Bryce Perkins on the roster who can do those design run packages and maybe show that look on the scout team, John Walford's still running all the scout team reps, by the way, but um, having another guy who can come in and show that look just in case you need it. You don't know if you will. Right. You're not going to get too caught in the weeds of and waste a bunch of time worrying about it. Um, but if you need it, you know, what, you know what it looks like. You can apply it, um, you know, down the stretch. And so and vice versa. I mean, I think we can't totally rule that out with Bryce Perkins down the stretch, right. to be honest with you. I think that'd be smart to, to have right. guys thinking about just one extra thing they might have to do. Um so, you know, I think that was I think that was a smart decision that they made and obviously kind of one born out of necessity if they didn't want to lose Bryce Perkins. But um, I think that, you know, I, I'm not super there's not a lot of guys who, you know, Alan Robinson, I've been a fan of, you know, I covered Penn State. So I've been a fan of his game for a long time and, um, you know, kind of have felt have felt bad for him in terms of how things have, have been for him um, within that management. Um, but, you know, I think the Rams defense this is a big game for them as well. This is not just them showing that they can kind of pick things up where they left off despite losing some of these really, really um, lauded playmakers and and contributors. John Johnson, I think, is the name that I kept hearing get brought up through the course of reporting this story, probably more than any Mm. other name Mm. um, in terms of that communication and and all of that. Um, That's going to be a huge loss. Jordan Fuller stepping into that communicator role, um, not just doing that, in his second year, but doing that with the new defensive coordinator in Raheem Morris. Um, I urge you guys to go check out my, my profile of Raheem Morris. Um, he was very gracious to give me some time. Uh, that, that came out on Monday if you haven't seen it yet. So, um, I think this is a big, a big prove it situation for the defense too. Can they fly around and be aggressive? Can they kind of be, have that attitude, you know, that they had by the end of last season? Um, Jalen Ramsey, Played a lot of star in camp. Mostly played star throughout camp. That's my uh, my pin story. Um, is is how that sort of has evolved. And I think that's where you might see Raheem Morris sometimes add some of his own personality, his own wrinkles, in in what he designs for Jalen Ramsey in that position, using him as a a, a linebacker, a pass rusher, using him uh, in run support, using him obviously against slot defenders, moving him outside when you have like a true X receiver. Um, I think that this is going to be really, really important in terms of seeing not everything that Jalen Ramsey will do, because remember, it took four weeks before the Rams defense kind of began to express itself last year. Um, But seeing a lot of the things that they have planned for him and and many of the things that they uh, maybe will carry over year over year. Um, What about you, Rich? I'm curious, too, not just on defense, but on both sides of the ball, like 
wonder if you have like two or three names that you're just really on the Rams side that you're just really like, I need to see this from this guy. Well, Daryl Henderson is at the yeah. is at the top of the list for me. Um, I, I, I don't want to ask you these questions, Jordan, because there's certain things that I know you see during practice that, that you um, can't share, uh, for instance. I know, you, you, te- you tee me up to get all of these like slaps on the wrist. Yeah, I don't, so I don't yeah. want to do that to you. So I, don't, I, I have the benefit of, of, if you want to put it that way, of not having seen everything. Why don't that- you just imply it yourself? You already know, so well, why don't no, you? Well, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I'm genuinely curious. I, I'm genuinely curious to see what that split is like with, with Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. Um, and even if Jake Funk, you know, get, gets in there at all, um, how they're going to manage that, uh, what types of situations is, is it going to be, you know, you saw it when, when the Rams tried to manage it with Todd Gurley, uh, it the, the ill-fated attempt to manage it with Todd Gurley, where they would kind of go series by series. Todd Gurley would get a couple series and then they'd bring in whoever it was then Malcolm Brown, uh, and Daryl Henderson, you know, so how do you play that? Or, or is it more situational? Um, that sort of thing. I, I'm really curious to see what the snap, uh, uh, totals end up being there and, and also the touch totals. Um, this being the first game, maybe, you know, maybe it looks different in week two, three, whatever. Um, but just how they, how they start out with Daryl Henderson and, and how he looks in, in his first real time, uh, as what we consider to be the, the, the number one back. So, uh, curious there on the other side of the ball, I was going to, to mention you, you reminded me when, when you were talking about it, uh, Jordan Fuller, uh, Stepping into a huge role, and by the way, Jordan, I, I jogged my memory when you were talking there. We we haven't talked, uh, I I don't think since since the uh, captains, uh, the list of the yeah, Rams captains. Yeah, wasn't that really. cool? Yeah, those and are voted you, voted by teammates too. Yeah, you you go through the list and you go, okay, makes sense. You know, the quarterback Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Andrew Whitworth, Robert Woods, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jan- Johnny Hecker from special teams. And then you get to Jordan Fuller being a, a, a team captain. Uh, you know, just it's not even what, 18 months ago uh, that, that he's a sixth round pick. Uh, and, and you know, I, I'd i have to go back and look at the list of, of sixth round picks from last year. I don't know how many have even played uh, or started an NFL game at this point. And here's Jordan Fuller uh, out there, not only as a starting safety uh, not only wearing that green dot, uh, but also as a team captain now. So what a tribute uh, to him. Uh, just the trust, like you said, Jordan, the, the the coaches trusting him to be that communicator on the field and then his teammates trusting him uh, enough to vote him as a, as a team captain, as somebody who they're going to look up to and count on uh, to lead them on the defensive side, along with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best players in the world. I know. That's uh, rare air, man. It really rare is. Air. Yeah. Um, you know, based on everything and, and you've chronicled, uh, you know, his, his, I said career. I mean, it's only been one year, but you've chronicled his time in the NFL as much as, as anyone, more than anyone. And by all accounts, you think he's going to be ready for this. Uh, he, he hasn't shown us anything over the last year that would indicate that he's going to be in over his head or that, uh, this stuff is going to be too big for him, but it certainly is a step up. He's filling some very big shoes, as you just said, uh, with with John Johnson and with being that that communicator. So just seeing how that looks on the field, and you know how how he handles that the first time, I I expect it to go well. Uh, but uh, just seeing how that looks is something that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned Jordan Fuller, as I normally am, being uh, one of the conductors of the Jordan Fuller hype train <laughs> myself. Um, man, that guy has a great first name, doesn't he? Yes, um, yes. Yes. Um, so I learned something today, and I I thought about this. It kind of was like, a, oh, my God, moment, where sometimes things get put in front of you, like different uh, different pieces get put in front of you that start to click and make sense. Okay, just stay with me here as we track this. Okay. So we know that this system and Staley running it 
in particular, it's kind of ushering in a mini trend of safeties who wear the green dot, right? Like Derwin James will wear the green dot. He's going to be their star essentially. So he's going to be doing everything for them, not just playing safety. Um, John Johnson wore it. Jordan Fuller's wearing it. Okay. So in my Raheem Morris piece, I found that Raheem Morris tried it with Kenny Young, tried the green dot with Kenny Young, um, who is a linebacker, an inside linebacker. Traditionally, traditionally, Inside linebacker, especially your every down linebacker, actually not just especially, always your every down linebacker in a more traditionally viewed defense, um, this guy is your green dot. And he doesn't come off the field. Uh, Luke Keekley, obviously, if that was this was a 4-3. Luke Keekley wore it all eight years in, in Carolina. Um, you know, the, the tradition is your every down inside linebacker, your mic, quote unquote, where's the mic, quote unquote, right? But um, – these these guys are safeties who have been wearing this over and over. Okay, so we know that, right? Raheem Morris and Mike Tomlin are like best friends, right? Hmm. Not not no offense to his friendship with Sean McVay. Right. Raheem Morris and Mike Tomlin are are close and are have a ton of shared history on coaching staffs, and it's like basically they came of age together, right? Mike Tomlin does not believe in any other player other than an inside linebacker wearing the green dot. And like adamantly, publicly, and and like s- just refuses to entertain the idea. Okay, right. Raheem Morris comes in. They try the green dot with Kenny Young. They're running the same defense, right? They're running about the same defense, different evolutions and iterations, right? The same defense. Well, Jordan Fuller is so freaking good at his job that he changed the way that Raheem Morris thinks about the green dot. <laughs> That's the that's the jump that I'm willing to make right. at this point right. because of how because it's it's not a detriment to Kenny Young. Like this right. defense, first of all, the safeties play from depth. Um, so obviously you want the guy who can see the entire dang field to be wearing your green dot, right? If he can communicate it well. So that's all good. Right. But at the same time, you have a new defensive coordinator who is has the incredible lack of ego to learn a system that's not his, which is was phenomenal what he did, and then help teach it to players, young players, new players, and then implement some of his own twists. Well, at first, clearly, it sounded like one of those twists was, hey, we're going to go back to a, a middle linebacker, an every down middle linebacker wearing the screen dot. Uh, not so, right? right? That's how good Jordan Fuller is at his job. And that is really cool to me, to be honest with you. Like, this is a second-year player. Um, that is how good he is at his job, that he is helping. He It's not just coaches evolving on their own. Like, the player is showing the coach what needs to be done. And, like, I'm not saying Raheem, like, wasn't open to it. They tried, obviously, a lot of different things. And, right. and like, Jordan was always a candidate for it. But being so – having that history – years and years and years of history of doing it a different way and then coming in and now you do it this way. I think it speaks volumes, not only about Raheem Morris in terms of, of what he's willing to do when players show him something and show him proof of what they can do. And he's willing to adjust to them and not the other way around, but also that's how freaking good Jordan Fuller is at his job. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, and like you said, kudos to Raheem for not being, uh, you know, stubborn about that. And, and, you know, not, he could very easily could have said, ah, I like this guy, but I'm going to stick to what I've done for uh, forever. Um, but, you know, realize that that was the best thing to do. And uh, I really do think it is. So uh, fascinated to see that whole matchup. You know, we talked a little bit about that uh, Bears offense and the, they've made a lot of changes at receiver. Uh, so this is, this is a different group. I mean, uh, you know, I don't even, you talked about Allen Robinson. I've, I've liked Allen Robinson for a long time. Um, he should benefit. Has he been one of your fantasy football picks, Rich? I'm surprised you haven't brought this up yet. Well, it's funny that you asked that, George. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to ask that. I did not tell Alan Robinson. Tell our tell our listeners yes. what you did. You the it was five what was five forty five in the morning after the Sony Michelle trade came in. Yes. Tell them what tell them what you did to me. Uh, what, didn't you like solicit questions or something like that? No, that, I did not solicit oh. questions, Rich. Oh. You texted me. Oh, did I? Oh. <laughs> you texted me and said, "Hey, Jordan, uh, this is producer of quote." Oh, insert. that. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Rich no, texts yeah. me. Rich texts me in the middle of all this craziness, as only he can, and he says, 
And if you guys don't know, it's like a long running bit. I don't know a thing about fantasy football, but naturally as a beat writer, you get a lot of questions. But it's funny because Rich plays fantasy football. And so we go back and forth about this all the time. So Rich texts me in the middle of all of this craziness and says, quote, hey, Jordan, this is insert name here, producer of insert fantasy show here. Mm-hmm. Wanted to know if I could get you for a few questions about Sony Michelle and what he brings to the Rams running backs room yeah. and how I might be and when I should draft him in my fantasy league this year. And I, I think I texted you back something like, I hate you so much. Yeah, I actually, no, I texted you the middle finger emoji, I think. Is what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I needed to. It's important. Those are the things that people want to know. So I, I didn't. I did, however, draft Justin Fields. Hey, that's cool. I drafted Darnell Mooney. Nice. Because uh, thinking ahead a little bit, um, thinking that this could be a connection later on. Um, there's a lot of options there. I mean, Allen Robinson, uh, you know, Demir Bird. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Brashad Perryman comes in, uh, mentioned Darnell Moody. They're going to have to sort that out a little bit and uh, see who, you know, obviously who Andy Dalton connects with is not necessarily the people who Justin Fields is going to connect with. They're very different quarterbacks. Um, And so if they do end up making that change at some point this season, which I think they probably will, um, then that probably gets a, a little bit different look. But, uh, you know, g- good for them for for building that up. Uh, they've got David Montgomery at running back. He's a guy who can cause some problems. I, I, their offensive line to me is a little problematic in, in this game. Like, I, you know, I, I agree with it about Andy Dalton. I think he takes, you know, too much crap for, for you know, he's not, look, he's not, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but uh, he's, he's a capable quarterback. But I, I just don't know. I mean, again, you've got Jason Peters at left tackle. They've, they've got some issues on the right side, too. I don't know how strong their their middle is. I, I got to think Aaron Donald is, is going to have some some sweet dreams on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, thinking about, you know, what, what might happen at, at SoFi Stadium. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can understand uh, why. I, the one thing that, that kind of made me chuckle a little bit was just Matt Nagy. I think his quote was something like, we need to see what Andy Dalton looks like in the regular season. And I'm kind of like, if there's hey, one... it's pretty pretty much you already know, man. Yeah, <laughs> if there's one guy you really don't need to see, it's Andy Dalton. Like, he, for, for better or worse, he is what he is. I don't think he's going to be dramatically changed from from what we've seen over the last year or two or five or six, um, so I, I I think it's you know coaches are going to say what they want to say. I think as you indicated, Jordan, it's it's more about putting Justin Fields in a in a best situation and maybe throwing him out there in week one is not the best situation, at least as a starter. I'll be fascinated to see whether or not uh, he he does end up uh, on the field at at any point. I I wouldn't rule it out. I'd certainly. Um, I, I might even recommend it uh, just to just to kind of give the Rams a little bit uh, of a different look. But uh, yeah, have to think, um, you know, the, the, the way that the, the Rams are looking, um, you know, an outside linebacker and certainly with Aaron Donald there, uh, th- this could be an opportunity to, to get after it a little bit, I think. Yeah, and um, you know, you mentioned Demir Bird. Uh, Demir Bird is way, is better than people think he is. Demir Bird is underrated, I think. I mean, I think this this dude's got top-end speed. And I covered him his entire time in Carolina. And the problem was is he he would have these great bursts of, of production and then he just couldn't stay healthy. Um, and, and it was like freak stuff, too. Like a helmet collided with his forearm at, at one point. Uh, he was the the infamous, uh, or I guess it's it was really, I shouldn't say infamous because it was awesome. Um, he, he like caught a touchdown and was inbounds by the, we call, you know, Carolina's kind of a small market. Not sure if you guys heard about it all the way out here, uh, at the time, but, um, it was a thing. So I'm not just making it up. I'm not like being inappropriate. This was an actual thing that happened. Um, we called it the, the butt down because, um, he got one cheek inbounds <laughs> <laughs> as the replay ruled. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to be inappropriate saying that, but, um, but it was, it was like a thing out there for a while. And so, um, you'd always call it, um, you know, touchdown ruled via one cheek essentially, nice. which was, was great. But, um, yeah, he's good. I mean, he can stretch a field. So he's someone who they certainly will have their eye on. Um, 
He adds layers for them. Obviously, with the Patriots last year, um, had a respectable year, I think, with the Patriots. And, and Cam Newton obviously knew him really well from their time in Carolina together. Um, but Demir Bird is, is someone who I'd keep an eye on. When you have uh, new pieces in place, um, I think that you you play guys with experience like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I again, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not. Right. Uh, usually Thursdays, Fridays, or when I start digging into the the roster and like what they did in the preseason a little bit more. Right. Um, so Bears fans, if you are listening to this and I and you think I'm wrong, please tell me. But um, I, I think that you really uh, he's someone that um, I would not be surprised if he he got uh, into the rotation pretty pretty often. And Jordan, for you to speak so highly of someone named Bird. I think really, I know. yeah. I I you know how much horror. You, yeah, I know horror. <laughs> how much you horrifying you, <laughs> name. <laughs> how much you horrifying hate the, last name. How much you hate uh, the the entire uh, group of them. Uh, but it may, this is B Y R D, so I guess it's okay. It's not. It's yeah. Not well, he he used to do like the wing thumbs hooked wing flapping oh, did motion. He? That's great. After he'd score, and I'd always be like, oh. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, like oh god, you know, my nightmare. Right. Um, yeah. So, but but um, yeah, he was great though. He's such a nice guy. Like great to cover and everything. Just real real, real pity about the last name. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, as as we wrap up here, how and, and not to get too too sappy or whatever, but uh, it's going to be Sunday night football. It's going mm-hmm. to be a packed house at SoFi. One Stadium. Republic is playing well, the halftime. Show. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Whoa. yeah, it's uh, wow, uh, uh, wow, Ed, Ed, Ed Sheeran and and uh, One Republic. I mean, wow, they're really bringing out all the all the big all the big names for. Uh, for the uh, first week of the season, but um, how great, right? And and again, we uh, hope hope everybody's safe. Please don't be yeah. stupid at the games, okay? Like you know what whatever the protocols are, I, I haven't really kept track of them. But, you know, please follow them. We 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 want to get to the end of the season, okay? Please, we we want to be able to still have fans in in stadiums at the end of the season. But Jordan, uh, you know after after watching games in that empty stadium last year, and and I was out there for a couple of them too and it you know it's always great to go to an nfl game but man was it weird to to, to watch a a game i mean how much are you you looking forward to you know just that kickoff on sunday night and and to hear that crowd you know really full-throated for the first time i mean it's 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 really going to be special Oh my God. I, I just can't wait. That's really that's really what it's all about is it's kind of like what I talked about earlier and I guess I could bring it full circle here. It's like that stuff gets into your bones, man. That stuff just that that really is what you hold and what you remember and what you have inside you that just makes you love something so much. And it's that sound. It's not even really what you see half the time, you know, you could maybe forget this game, but you'll never forget what it sounded like the first time you heard that swell when the kickoff happens, you know? Right. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's something I'm so looking forward to. And that's something that's really important. It really matters. And so I do also urge everybody to just keep each other safe out there. I really, I mean, we're all we got, you know, this is it. Right. The people you go to these games with and, and the people you see, and the people you have around you, even the most daily tasks, the most mundane things, we are all each other has. And so I just really just urge you guys, just look out for each other out there. Keep each other safe. Keep each other well and healthy. Um, and and keep on uh, listening to the 11 Personnel Podcast. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> follow along with Jordan Rodrigue, uh, who, of course, will be there on Sunday night. Uh, you can, of course, follow along with her on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. But what you're really, really going to want to do is make sure that you have subscribed to The Athletic. The pile. Is the pile coming back, Jordan? The pile is coming back, All Rich. Right. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And that also means that. Uh, you guys need to start sending me beer recommendations again because after I file the pile and am home, uh, I click into the comment section and I start talking with you guys and we share ideas and dialogue and, and it's always a great time. Um, and I always crack a beer open and I, I'm, I'm nice. uh, 
please uh, not not into like cloudy stuff. Uh, not in, can't can't do a lot of actually my stomach can't do a lot of wheat beer anymore. Um, definitely into the IPAs though. So right. you guys make sure you send them along. Um, you know, Rich is also going to be following along with this game, although he also has. Um, a life so uh, hopefully is also taking some time for himself as well but you can follow him at rich underscore Hammond um, for all of your uh, I think maybe maybe funnier takes than me I think mm. you've got I think you've got a little more of a good of an edge in a good way yeah, let, let's you, lower so. the bar on funny I, I don't know yeah. about that <laughs> yeah yeah they might be uh, they might be witty sometimes I don't know about funny but yeah of course if you if you haven't already subscribed uh, oh by the way Union Jack Union Jack IPA, are you are you in on that one? I have, I've had right. that. Yes, okay. yeah. All right, definitely. Uh, that was like my it, yes. that was the first thing that, that came to mind for me. Um, so uh, you will, you'll want to get in on that too. You want to get in on the on the the beer discussion. You want to get in on all these great features. We didn't even talk about the 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 story uh, the, the 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 other stories that Jordan did this week. Great story behind the scenes look at a uh, video that was done, uh, the, uh, that uh, video shoot that, that Jordan got to be a part of. So you can go read that. We don't even have time to talk about that one, but you can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel, then you won't miss any of it. And you will get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, even more than a good IPA, which is what? A great discount. A great discount. You can get a great discount every single time you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast. You get a great discount. My favorite thing in the world. You guys, we so appreciate starting another season with you. We are cheersing to you as soon as we uh, get off this Zoom. Please uh, don't forget to send us feedback, send us comments, send us reviews. We love five-star reviews, although we are a little biased. Um, We read everything you write to us, and we cherish it and appreciate it. I know that sometimes it might seem like you guys are just sending comments out into the void, but I promise you, we read everything, and we really, really love feeling you guys here with us. So thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next week. (music) 